This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. He's continuing to remove everyone who has stood up to his abuse of power and his cover-up of this scandal. Now, pressuring an attorney general to interfere in a criminal proceeding, that's wrong. Kicking out two members of parliament who stood up to his abuse of power, that's unconscionable. That is Conservative Party leader Andrew Scheer in the House of Commons just during the past hour confronting Prime Minister Justin Trudeau on the removal of Jody Wilson-Raybould and Dr. Jane Philpott from the Liberal caucus. That happened yesterday, but still a lot of repercussions coming from that. Now, the Prime Minister is definitely on the defensive today. Uh, We also heard earlier from Jody Wilson-Raybould and Jane Philpott and their thoughts on what has happened. They said they haven't fully decided yet what their next moves will be or even if they're going to run in the next election. The Prime Minister, though, for his part, said the bonds of trust are broken with their fellow MPs over this whole situation, and that's why they were removed from caucus. Well, our next guest has been very vocal on this topic, and we're going to hear more about what she has to say about this. Sheila Copps joins us now, former Cabinet Minister, uh, former Deputy Prime Minister of Canada. Thank you very much for joining us. Oh, thanks for the invitation. You've been very vocal on this topic, and do you believe the Prime Minister had no choice to do this? Oh, absolutely. And with all the sturm and drang of Andrew Scheer that you just played a clip, his uh, deputy leader says they don't want either of the women in their caucus. So you're saying what, that there's no room for them to speak out? No, he's saying that they were kicked out of the Liberal caucus. They don't want them in their caucus. But they're obviously wanting this issue to carry on because it's been going on for two months. It's done a tremendous amount of damage to the Liberal Party. Uh, you can see it in the poll numbers across the country. This internal fight has helped Andrew Scheer. But when you hear him on television decrying the fact that these two women have been drummed from the Liberal caucus, you have to ask the question, if they're so ethical, why is it that he doesn't want them in his caucus? Okay, well, what do you think should have happened here? What was the better way for the Prime Minister to deal with this? I think it should have been dealt with earlier. Um, I don't think that the last two months has, has done anybody any favors, and the release of the tape that uh, basically became the straw that broke the camel's back simply reaffirmed the comments that she made in the Justice Committee a month and a half ago and the comments that were made by um, Michael Wernick at the time. There's no new information that's come out in the last six weeks, and I think Canadians are sick of the whole thing and they want to move on. You really think Canadians are sick of it? Oh, totally. Totally. I'm My... my uh, Twitter account is up about 3,000 in the last two weeks, and uh, 90% of what I'm getting is uh, basically saying move on and stop this drama, this internal drama that's basically damaging nobody except the Liberals. I mean, if you look at the former, the former uh, Attorney General had a strong history with Indigenous peoples, and yet when Trudeau asked her to take on the job of minister to get rid of the Indian Act, she said no. There, there's a lot of... Uh, Um, behind-the-scenes stuff here that the caucus was extremely uncomfortable, and I think the final straw was when uh, they discovered that she was taping. I think one of her colleagues has suggested there are other tapes, so who knows what has been going on in the back rooms. Wait a minute. In your experience, then, was there ever space for someone who was in caucus, a cabinet minister, to speak up and say, listen, this is wrong, what we're doing is wrong? Well, all the time. That's what caucus is for. And that's what it's supposed to be for. But in the case of the former attorney general, she was asked by 
several members of the Justice Committee, whom did you speak to on this issue before you made your decision? And remember, all that was asked was that the um, former Attorney General seek a second legal opinion from uh, the, the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court, which she refused to do. Now, she has three years as a prosecutor. Uh, Beverly McLaughlin was the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court, but somehow Jody Wilson-Raybould did not want to consult her. And all that the government was asking was, look, if we're going to put these jobs at risk, let's ensure that we've done all our due diligence and done everything possible to be able to save those jobs if possible. And that's part of the government's job as well. Right. But if she's saying this is an independent decision and out of my hands, why not respect that? But it's not out of her hands. There was, a, there was a piece of legislation called the Deferred Prosecution Agreement, which, is, which was voted on by all the parties last year. And that's the piece of legislation that permits a company that has done wrong to um, plead guilty before they go to court and set out the actions that they're going to do to fix that. And if they don't do so, they end up in court. So it's, it's not illegal. She herself said before the committee there was nothing illegal done. Do you think then that SNC-Lavalin deserved that second look? Of course. Why? Of course they deserved the second look. Well, why, would you, why would you put... Um, uh, if you have a law, which is, by the way, used in the UK, used in all other parts of the OECD, that basically says if a company has done something in another country, in Libya, 10 years ago, somebody did something bad, and the company should be punished, but you shouldn't put at risk the 5,000 jobs outside Quebec and the 4,000 jobs inside Quebec at the same time. Why would you get rid of all these jobs because three or four people did something horrible? Because this is a company with a known track record for doing corrupt things and for bribing officials. That's simply not true. That's simply not true. In fact, the whole board of directors of the company has been removed. They've made a huge number of changes. This thing happened when Muammar Gaddafi was alive, and he's been dead for a decade. So there is a huge change of the culture at SNC-Lavalin. And I mean, I know there's people in your uh, viewing, listening area, you wouldn't believe the number of uh, emails that I've received from people who work across the country in the field saying, look, we're happy to change the culture of this place, and we should. The deferred prosecution agreement is the instrument by which you do that. And that's why the OECD brought it in. Because do you think that in far-flung places around the world, everybody plays by the same rules that we do? They don't. And that's why the OECD created an instrument called the Deferred Prosecution Agreement, which countries are now lining up to include in their laws, which means you go to court, everything is published, everything's in the open, and you lay out, A, I'm guilty, and B, this is what I'm going to do and have already done to fix it, and if I don't, you can send me to jail. Right, but that's it, what a Deferred right, Prosecution is Agreement it is. not dangerous for any government to start defending a company when that's just going to, that's going to go wrong? People look at that and go, why are you going to bat for a private company? Well, why would, why, why would that's, that's our job is to go to bat for Canadian jobs. Like, why would you not? And, and on the issue of the Deferred Prosecution Agreement, what was so egregious, I actually wrote a column in uh, January, trashing Trudeau and defending Jody Wilson-Raybould when she got what I perceived was a demotion. Then I watched her in the Justice Committee, and it became very clear to me when she said, and this is what really tipped it for me, she said, I decided, I made sure that I made my decision on this deferred prosecution agreement question before I would take a meeting with the Prime Minister. She didn't say, I'm going to go listen to my boss, see what he has to say, and then review the facts. 
I took the decision, and when asked by all the members of the committee whom she had consulted, if she consulted a single cabinet colleague or a single member of caucus, she couldn't name one person. You cannot run a one-person show when you're in government. You're part of a team. And what's gone on in the last two months, mostly by her, but aided and abetted by, the, the, by Dr. Philpott, has done nothing but damage the things that she claims to believe in, climate change and all the other issues that we should be talking about are taking a backseat to a guy like Andrew Scheer, who is now a defender of feminists. It's a joke. Well, let's talk about the leadership issue here. Clearly, the prime minister could have and should have handled this better. Of course he should have. Of course he should have. They should have been gone a month ago. You I, think I, that was his? That was the better leadership issue, is getting rid of them earlier? What about the fact that he denied, denied, denied at the very beginning without finding out... He didn't out- deny anything. He's never denied anything. He said from the beginning... Ms. Copps, the day he, after this story came out in the Globe and Mail newspaper, he was at a press conference where he said this story is 100% undue, false. Because there was never any undue pressure. In his opinion? Yes. That's all he can have is his, his viewpoint. I mean, I was a, I was a minister. I've, I've received death threats in the last week. People perceive pressure differently. Jody Wilson-Raybould had eight meetings, and to her that was quote-unquote undue pressure. But the bottom line is, if you go through the Michael Wernick tape, which she um, uh, unethically taped, it shows quite clearly that the Michael Wernick did not um, th- give her any veiled threats, and the only veiled threat received was the threat that she sent to um, the chief of staff of the prime minister, basically saying, if you, take, if you change my position, I'm going to create problems for you. What would be your advice on this now to the prime minister? Well, I think they have to turn the page. I mean, the caucus was just roiling because for two months, these women have managed to derail the budget, um, take attention away from climate change, um, the allowed uh, Mr. Scheer to run around as a pretend, let's pretend feminist. And I think now they need to change the channel because they're six months away from an election and they got to start focusing on the issues that people really care about. So I'm glad they're gone. I think you're going to have three or four more days of this kind of discussion and then it's over and we can actually move on to the agenda. Well, we'll see what happens. Thank you very much for your time on this. Thanks for for calling. That is Sheila Copps, the former cabinet minister and deputy prime minister of Canada. And yes, she does have thoughts on how this has unfolded. Not sure her thoughts completely, actually I know her thoughts don't completely line up with what a lot of other Canadians think out there.